For the past few weeks, we've been looking at our theme verse for the academic year from 1 Timothy 4. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. A very dense and meaty verse. Paul writes to Timothy, this young pastor, and gives him some guidance for leading the church. But his advice counts for all of us, regardless of our vocation and regardless of our age. God shows us a pattern that gives glory to him and is a blessing to his people. So we're all able to listen. He calls each of us to set an example, and then he gives that list of words that's on our banner and that we've been exploring. We've talked about speech and conduct and love, and today we look at faith. Set an example in faith. It's an interesting topic, but I think it's one that a lot of people misunderstand. If you ask people what it means to set an example in faith, I think most people would come up with a list of behaviors. Go to chapel. Well done. Go to church on Sunday. Serve people. Be loving. Go on a mission trip. Pray. All good things, but not exactly what Paul's talking about here. And in fact, they all miss the point of this word. Oh, they set a good example, but not quite the example of faith that he's talking about. Now, don't get me wrong. Faith always expresses itself in action. And all those things I just mentioned are the result of a life of faith where we really know what God's doing in our life. It does things. It gets out there. But if we describe our faith only in terms of what we do, we're using that word in a very different way than God uses it. Because the Christian faith is in many ways the opposite of doing. Unlike all those actions, faith draws us away from ourselves into a relationship which causes us not to look in the mirror as narcissists and not to think about me, but to think about the other, to think about Jesus and what he is doing for us. Faith drives us to him. And it's a recognition that we as sinful people don't have the ability to do the most needed thing, to take care of our spiritual life to take care of the things that are truly life and death. When we face that, we're powerless. And I don't like that message. Prideful human beings, and deep down, we're all filled with pride. They don't like to think that we need help. We don't want to think that we're unable to do what God tells us to do. We'd rather think that if we simply try a little bit and do our best or at least once in a while, try to do our best, that that's good enough and God will have to bless us. But God gives us a different picture of that. God tells us he demands perfection. He tells us it's not just about what we do externally, it's about what moves us, about our thoughts, about our hearts, about our attitudes. And if you think about the fact that even our actions don't match up to what God wants, we get a much graver picture of ourselves when we look inside. Faith in Christ admits that truth, that if we have hope, it's because God gives it to us. It's a life of repentance and humility before God that realizes that we can't pull this off, but Jesus did, admitting the truth of who we are. I can't do these things, but Jesus loved God with his whole heart. Jesus kept God's will the way that he was supposed to, the way that we were supposed to. And at the end, he faced the penalty that we had deserved. 
He died for us. And he does it all so that he can give us a tremendous gift. Everything he earned goes to you. All of his holiness, all of his obedience, his place in heaven is all given to you as a gift. And faith recognizes it and receives that blessing. 2 Corinthians 5.17 describes our life. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Our life is not simply a change of ideas, but a brand new beginning when God recreates us and calls us his own dear children, allowing Jesus to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. You know, when Jesus talks about faith, he invites us often to consider the example of children. He tells us we must become like children to enter the kingdom of God. And unless one receives the kingdom like a little child, he'll never enter it. Now, he's not telling us to be immature, to be naive or ignorant, even to be tiny. He's calling us to receive things as children. Think what what it's like when you were a kid. If you went out with your parents parents that loved you and trusted you, did you worry what you would take with you? Or did mom have everything you need? Whether it was a snack, money to pay for something, a jacket, medication, whatever it was in the magic bag of tricks, it was provided. We just left home without thinking about it, right? We know if we're someone who cares for us and provides that we can trust them to give it to us. But in time... As we age, we get a little bit suspicious. You see, children will act this way. If they know you, if they have a relationship with you, you're not a stranger. And if you haven't betrayed them, given them a reason not to trust you, they'll typically believe you can do whatever you tell them. That's why it's so fun to mess with them. You can convince them of almost anything. Just make sure it's a joke and they know it. They believe you, but in time, we find that people let us down. We find that people we trusted to do something fail to deliver. We find that at that moment when mom or dad used to pull something out to take care of everything, they're not there. They miss something they they promised to do. Our friends let us down. A situation we thought was under control, it all falls apart. And we learn to be suspicious and skeptical. Sometimes we even transfer those feelings that may rightly belong to human beings to our gracious Father, where they don't belong. Because he's the kind of God who doesn't let us down. We're in a relationship with him as part of his new creation. And he gives us all that's needed for our life. He shows us by action again and again and again that when he makes a promise and it comes from him, It's always kept. He keeps that promise in providing for us. He keeps that promise in sending Jesus for us. He kept that promise by forgiving you today. He'll keep every promise he made to you. Because faith, well, it's not blindness. And it's not trusting in an idea or a a hopeful wish of what might happen. It's placed in someone. And only one deserves that kind of trust, absolutely. The only one who's never let us down, our Lord Jesus. 
That's what faith is. Knowing the God who can deliver, who's faithful, who blesses us over and over again. So what does it mean to set an example in faith? Paul's telling us to remember what matters. Neither Timothy nor any of us could set himself up as a perfect model to follow. That's not the example that he could give and we can give is one of faith. We're examples of faith when we can admit that we're sinners just like everybody else. We're examples of faith when we don't try to justify ourselves, but we know it's all in Jesus' capable hands. We're examples of faith when we question, when we struggle, when we wrestle with God about things that we don't understand, but we do it within the relationship that he gives to us. That, too, is faith if we consider it in the context of our relationship with Jesus. In all these things, we know him. We know he is trustworthy. We believe. And he'll never let us down. So hear God's call today. Set an example in faith. Amen. In our prayers this morning, we want to say a special petition for Professor Lori Siekman's daughter, Hannah, who's hospitalized with seizures, and we ask God's blessing upon her and all in need of her care. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the life that you've given us in Jesus, that we are your new creation. We thank you that all things needed are in your hands, and we pray, Lord, that you strengthen us in that relationship with you, that we may ever follow you and set an example in faith. Lord, we pray that you come to all your people with needs this day. We pray for, for Hannah Siekman that you would watch over and keep her safe, that you would guide the hands of all who help with her care, and that you would comfort her and her family as they seek a solution to these problems. I pray for our campus, Lord, as we're in a busy time of the semester, that you give to all of us what we need today. Give us your strength and your guidance and your blessing, and fill us with joy. In the name of Jesus, amen.